Go, Becca. You can see me? Yes, go. Is it, Oprah, is it yes. time to go? Yes, go. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca. Today we're recording another episode of The Blind View Live. How is everybody today? Um, we're just going to jump into this. How are you, Tim? I'm doing okay, I guess, today. How are you, Becca? I'm doing well, too. I'm still being strong and praying and believing in my president and our constitution and my people. That is your right right now. <laughs> That's about all I got to say. What did you say, Tim? I said that is your right for right now to pray for your president and still have keep hope alive. Oh, yeah. It's my right always. Um, I. What, how about you, Tim? How are you feeling? Are you feeling despair? Uh, today I am because the uh, the demo asses and I mean their asses are uh, doing a stunt on the American people. You know, yesterday they uh, voted on the uh, 25th Amendment, which they knew wasn't go- going to go through anyway. And so at this moment, as we're talking, they're trying to impeach the president, which is another stunt. Uh, they're just doing that to try to punish him and to try to make him never be able to run again because they're scared to death of Donald J. Trump. This isn't the first ridiculous, bogus impeachment we've seen them try to do to our president, is it? No. Just a year ago, we were going through this crap, just before the Chinese virus hit us. What they're trying to do is basically say, don't ever question elections, even though they uh, questioned George H.W. Bush, I mean, W. Bush's election in 2001. And in 2005, uh, John Kerry uh, tried to say that Ohio state of Ohio election was stolen. And then in 2016, they rose the poop about uh, Donald Trump. So unless you're a Democrat, you can't question any elections. So they're putting their iron fist on everybody. And uh, the Democrats are the enemy of the state and they are the enemy, not the Republicans. Uh, Democrats will rule with an iron fist and they will bring in their communist and socialist views on all of us, it's already started with the beginning of parlor being Tim? taken down. Kim. Yes. The Republicans are not the good guys. Oh, but I know they're not the good. I got. There are some good. Mitt Romney's a pussy. And, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and that that fucking low life of a VP that we have, and all the other lip-wristed fucking cowardly Republicans in the Congress who aren't aren't backing our Constitution and the American people and what we voted for. Every one of them should be drugged out into the streets and targeted. Well, it's, they're, they're scared of the Democrats. That's why. They're, they're scared of them. They should be more scared of the American people. Nobody's scared of the American people. That's the problem. And uh, 
we're just we're go, we're going to go into a period in this country that every American, whether you vote for Donald J. Trump or not, you should be scared. Uh, they're going to come after me first because I voted for Trump, but eventually they're going to come after you, even though you voted for Biden. Uh, they just like the Jews. Uh, I don't care. They're not coming after me. But in the Jews in the, in the 1945, nobody did anything about it. And eventually, after they eliminated all the, everybody, they started coming after other people. So uh, they're going to come after you, whether you believe it or not. And they are going to come after us disabled people. Mm-hmm. They are kissing our I, Democrats are like boyfriends that take you on a hot date. They they take you out to a nice dinner. They might buy you some flowers. They might tell you how beautiful you are, how important they are, you are to them in their lives, and blah, blah, blah. And then they take you home and fuck you. And then they you never hear from them again because they got exactly out, out of you what they wanted. And that's what they're going to do us to disabled people. They're going to Nancy Pelosi has already said people who are on, on disability, people who are drawing social security checks every month are a drain on the American people. They're eventually going to turn on us and we're going to be eliminated. Trust me, we are going to be eliminated. And it's not going to stop there. It's not going to stop there. That's just the beginning of it because we are dependent on this government for a check every month. Well, if you're gone, they don't have to send you a check. It's cheaper to take you out back and put a bullet in your head than to send you a check. So they can spin that on other social issues because they got your vote. They got what they wanted out of you and they will cast you aside. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And not just to disabled people, but anybody they do. We already do it to unborn children. Oh yeah. They want to kill babies when they come out, just like in Virginia, they'll make the baby comfortable and then we'll decide what to do with the baby. An hour or two after the baby, and then we'll just end up killing it. But listen to him. Everybody will eventually fall victim to this because they also prey on the elderly. Elderly people should be put down. Oh, nope. That's the start. That's the governor in New York did that with the coronavirus. So they, you go with the elderly and you go with the disabled. They want to get rid of us who are dependent on the government. They will use us as much as they can. And then when they don't need us, they will cast us aside. But, you know, these, these blind people out there who keep voting Democrats, you're blind, blind in your eyes and you're blind in your mind. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I can't help you. I got to take care of my viewers who keep voting Democrat are just as blind as a blind person. Yes, they are. And they hate this country. They literally hate this country. What it stands for. I believe in freedom for everybody. White, black, brown, Asian, whatever you are. Whatever religion you are, I believe you should have the freedoms that I've got. But you know what? And you you should be able to have your freedom of speech. If I even with even though I disagree with you, you're allowed to have that. But guess what? So am I. So you have to accept my freedom of speech. As long as I don't hurt anybody, I should be able to say whatever I want to. Yep, and that's the way the Constitution is written. 
which is why people need to refer back to the Constitution. These Democrats and these liberals and these the deep state don't want us reading the Constitution. They want the Constitution destroyed and forgotten. About. They want to use the Constitution as toilet paper. Yeah. Only time they talk about the Constitution is if they try to do something. Other than that, 99% of the time, Democrats shit on it. They'll piss on it all the time Listen, because they don't care about the Constitution. If you're watching our video right now and if you're feeling powerless or helpless or scared or anything about what's going on in your life or your world or your country right now, I encourage you to go online and read a copy of the Constitution. Read the preamble to the Constitution and the first 10 amendments and will open your eyes up to what our forefathers wrote for us and what God wrote into the Constitution for us. And it will empower you to stand up for yourself, you guys. Listen to me. That's what I did. I know because when you read those words and you realize those words are talking to you when it says all men are created equally and you realize that refers to me even though I'm a woman. That refers to me even though I'm blind. That refers to me even though my constitutional rights were taken away from me in 1997 by my parents. You know what I mean? And when I read those words in 2004, it empowered me to defeat the system. And it was a huge corrupt system I was fighting. I know this looks huge and corrupt too, and it looks unbelievably, unbelievably strong, and it looks like, like it's something we're not going to be able to do, but I believe we can, because we have God on our side, we have the Constitution on our side, and we have our president on our side. Well, I mean, I know... Everybody knows that the election was stolen in November, but here in Georgia, it was stolen again last Tuesday also. Yeah. Um, they, they, I was listening to our local news broadcast during the election, and they said that there was not enough votes out there for the Democrats to win. They, they said there's only 130,000 votes out there, and there's just no possible way. And then they said, then they announced, well, Fulton County's shutting down again. And then the county that's in Savannah shut down again uh, overnight and Macon County too. So three counties that are democratic run shut down for, to, to resume the counting the next day. And then the next day, just like on election, they found votes, they started manipulating everything and it was over. When I went to bed, uh, Purdue was ahead by 140,000 votes. And there was only 130,000 votes outstanding. And so that was it. But somehow he lost by, I think, 25,000 votes. Well, how do you lose if there's only 130,000 votes out there and you're up by 140,000? Which is exactly why the Democrats better be scared. Because People know here in this state it was stolen not once but twice. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Nobody questions anything anymore. And when, no, when you believe the government all the time, you're in trouble. You need to question your government. Never believe the government. Question everything you're told. Question everything you're – because once you can't question your government, you are no longer free. That's why they're trying to punish everybody who's standing up right now against them because you don't question us because if, if you do, that means you're putting doubt in, and you should never doubt your government. And that means you're powerless. And when you never question your government, you're in trouble. Never believe your government because they will hide 
everything from you because they want to remain in power. Mm -hmm. And they want to be able to say to you, this is all of the money or property or food that you're allowed to have because we say so here. Now go away and shut up. I watched a video that this, this film crew went to Havana, Cuba. Everybody just sits there and says how great and pretty Havana, Cuba is. So this film crew went down there. And with, within the first three days, they had to get out of that country because all they couldn't eat. There was no food. They were showing how de deprived the, the Cubans are down there. And they, they, they interviewed some Cubans and told them what, what was going on here in the United States. And they were telling them, please don't do what's going on here. You will not. We, they, the, the grocery stores are closed. They're allowed only a certain amount of food. Many days, Cubans don't eat. They, they don't have any food. They don't have any money. I think a, a wage there is $2 a month. That's it. That's because Be of communism. Because of communism. And mm -hmm. you th they just said how, how much of utopia it was going to be just back, back in the 60s when Castro took over. And the buildings are falling apart. That used to be nice hotels. And Cuba used to be a nice destination for Americans back in the good old days. Mm -hmm. Then Fidel Castro took over, put the socialist communism in there. And now they're poor. They have to wait in line for five hours to get gas for their car. And this isn't the only communist country. No. America one of the last few safe places on earth where you can go and not have to deal with communism. Well, the, the, the Cubans said, if America goes, I've got no place to go to. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Yes. That's why everybody wants to come here is because of our freedoms. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. because of... We want to hand our freedoms over to the communists in China and to the deep state. And yes, so the deep state. They want to... do it for decades now. Don't worry about AOC and Bernie Sanders and all those people. They're going to have their steak dinner every night. Oh, and the Clinton. and we're going to have our ramen noodles. She's got her thirty dollar a pint ice cream, and her in her twelve thousand dollar refrigerator. When I'm struggling just to put food on my table, and that's what it's going to be like. I told somebody Sunday that I'm I I swear to you as I know that Jesus Christ is alive right now. That in two or three years from now, we're going to say, I remember when I can go out and buy a steak dinner at a restaurant. And we won't be able to do that anymore. That is coming here. Well, we already can't do that. It, it, unless, you, unless you are a Democratic politician, I refuse to go try to have a steak dinner in a restaurant right now in America. Well, Before here in Georgia, I went to... politician, go for it. I had a steak dinner Sunday. I went out to Outback. So, <laughs> oh, you did, Tim. Oh, yes. Oh, Georgia is one hundred percent open. Oh, good for you guys. We are not. All we have to do is wear a mask. That is it. You can go anywhere you want. Good for you guys. Our unemployment in the state of Georgia is four point five percent. Good. That, that's what we were before the stupid pandemic, before the uh, the China virus came out. Mm -hmm. So we're at back where we were. But. Uh, uh, Americans, we have given up something that you don't realize what you've done. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to find out very quickly. But listen, and I, and, and I have, t I'm telling everybody and I'm telling everybody that's watching this video that today or tomorrow, 
you need to take out as much cash out of your checking account as much as possible and have cash on hand because you don't know what's going to be like the first month of Joe Biden's administration. We don't know what's going to happen. So you need to have cash on hand. So, Tim, I, I honestly would not be recommending to people to go clean out their bank accounts. No, I'm not telling you clean it out, but I would take out $1,000 in cash. If you got money in there, you oh, need to have, yeah. keep your money in to pay your bills, I but you need, to, you need to have cash more, on hand. What's more important is that everybody has food and water and medical supplies and any prescriptions and stuff that you'll need for a month. Because that's what they're talking about. Whether it's Joe Biden locking us down for 100 days or uh, us going under a military lockdown for 30 days, we're going to need it. I can see us being put under a military lockdown if something happens after Joe Biden's inaugurated. So that's why I'm telling you, you need to get prepared just in case. And if we're wrong, I'd rather be wrong than right. I want to be wrong. But you need to prepare yourself just in case. Yep, it's better safe than sorry. That's correct. Today we're taking out $1,000 in cash. I'm not giving you my address. <laughs> but uh, put it up somewhere safe and sound. And just in case, you can't get to the bank because banks could be closed. And if banks are closed, you cannot withdraw any money. Your Visa check cards, whatever you use, they may not be able to be used anymore. So you may need cash to purchase anything. But you need to get yourself prepared just in case. And I'm not being a uh, uh, doomsday person here. That's just a fact. We all need to be prepared. We don't know what's going to happen. So for our viewers' information, I have not liquidated my assets and stuff. But I have stocked up on food, water, medical supplies, Anything that my family or my pets or I will could possibly need for a month or better. Um, and I strongly recommend that everybody do at least that much. Yep, you need to. Like you said, better be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope we get. I hope we get through this. But I don't give us much of a chance getting through the next two to four years. Um, we've already seen signs of it already and they haven't even taken charge yet. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Fox is already in the house, what they did in the past 24 hours in the, in the, uh, house of representatives, they lost 19 seats. She has the slimmest margin ever in the, in the house of representatives and they're still radical. You can't say he or she or mom or dad in anything up there. Now it's a uh, some kind of sick uh, terminology you got to use. You can't say her. You can't say him. It, it's just they're so sick. You can't be politically. You have to be politically correct now when you're in the House of Representatives. And come on. I mean, when you say a prayer and you say amen and all woman, give me a freaking break. So it, we're, we've lost our country and you just need to get yourself prepared for the worst and hope for the best. God won't hear their prayers if they corrupt his Well, 
they they corrupted it with that amen and all woman. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm saying. And and Rebecca's eating again. <laughs> oh, so um, other than that, I'm having a great day. Well, I'm having a pretty good day too. Oh, and I, I want to tell everybody if you want to read an interesting book, uh-huh. you need to read a book. It's on Bard. It's called IBM and the Holocaust. IBM and the Holocaust? Yes, it's written by Edwin Black. It tells you how back then in 1945, IBM is just like our modern day Facebook. IBM, the computer company, helped eliminate 6 million Jews. An American company helped murder 6 million Jews. You know, when I saw that post, it made me sick because I used to use exclusively IBM computers. Yes. Well, now that's what Facebook is doing to us. It's collecting data on everybody. And they turn that data over to the government. So whatever you said in the past, they I, you can say something in your house with your phone laying around, and you can say something about, uh, let's say, Dairy Queen. Okay? You can get on your Facebook page the next day, and you'll see Dairy Queen advertised on your phone in Facebook. It's constantly listening to you while you're just not even on Facebook. They're listening to everything. What do you think Alexa does? What do you think Google does in your home? It's always listening. Oh, Kim, you wouldn't believe some of the weird things my Alexa has said to me or my sister or other people when they've been in my house. Yep. Like stuff that like organically organic stuff stuff that we don't like you know how you interact with when she responds back yeah well my alexa has organically come out and spoken to us i don't remember what it was my sister said that she heard my alexa say something to her one day very recently so like say good morning to her or something it's getting smart when it knows you're sleeping and you wake yeah, up it it, it'll detect that you've been my sleeping in my room you know yeah alexa is constantly listening to you constantly so it's a great device but it's oh, yeah. being used I, I against love us my Alexa, but i'm not afraid to unplug it if i have to well sometimes i think we're better off to unplug it until you need her because mm-hmm. it can listen to you the government could get control of that and if they want to uh you know come into your home and listen to what you're talking about all they gotta do is hit a button and they're listening yeah or watch my youtube channel yep I'm screwed now because I'm on your YouTube channel, so I can give you my address, but I won't now because I don't want nobody trying to come in my house. <laughs> but I've got a gun, so I'll just let you know that right now. Please don't give us your address. Okay. No, I'm not, not going to give nobody my address. I live in Vancouver, Michigan. <laughs> Vancouver, Michigan? Yeah, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's a uh, it's a beautiful day here in Georgia, uh, where I live, and uh, it's cold though. So Kim, this I'm, is, I'm ready for Kim, spring. This is January, and every year the NFB does their um, what do they call it? Um, their Washington Summit. Yeah, they're supposed to, but I don't think they're going to do that this year because of COVID. 
yeah, it's kind of disappointing. But I we can talk about what normally goes on because not all our viewers know about the NFB. So the NFB, the National Federation of the Blind, is an organization that does stuff to try to help make life better for blind people and disabled people overall. And so every January, towards the end of January, um, NFB members from all over the country um, meet in Washington, D.C. And I've done it with the Montana affiliate when I lived in Montana. And what we do is we go, you go to Washington, D.C., and you go and you speak to your state's representatives about different issues that, as blind people, are important to us, you know. And because we're disabled people and a lot of our needs kind of overflow into other disabilities, too, it kind of helps a lot of people. But it's, it's an interesting thing, and I, I was just, I kind of wanted to bring it up because it's a really cool thing that the NFB normally does this time of year, and I just don't think they're going to be doing it this year, but... But the only the bad thing about it is you got to go to Washington D.C. on Washington D.C. on your dime. Well, uh, that, I, I I mean I paid my own way when I went, but I think the other members. I'm pretty sure that the state affiliate pulled together and kind of helped them go. Of course, it was Montana, and it's a much smaller affiliate. Um, but it, it was a, such a rewarding experience when I went because it wasn't my first time being involved in legal stuff. But it was my first time being in Washington, D.C. and doing something um, to advocate for myself and other people like me, you know? Yeah. And it was a great experience. The weather was really freaking cold, and I feel like we didn't get much accomplished. But the next time, I, I plan on going back and participating in the Washington Summit again if they do it ever again. That was something they used to do every year, but now with the virus, I just don't know. Well, but, I think they'll start it up next year again. Uh, the only thing I would go up there and probably uh, uh, ask for the Congress to do or whatever is I think that people who like me who have guide dogs, uh-huh. uh, since guide dogs are an expense that we have to pay every, I mean, it can be thousands of dollars a year because we got to take yeah. care of these dogs. I think we should be able to, if you have proof that you got a guide dog, that you should be able to write your guide dog off on your taxes, get a tax credit or something, because well, I've spent over a thousand dollars easily. On Glacier every year just for upkeep, the well, food. Well, have you and, asked your account? Because it seems like you should be able to write that. No, you can't. I asked somebody already. Oh, uh, she's, a, she's a medical device. And yeah. she, she I'm getting ready to spend about $500 on her next month because of her physical and everything and her medications and stuff. So it, it's a huge expense. So I think that people who are blind and have legitimate guide dogs mm-hmm. should be able to write that dog off on their taxes every year. Just like a child. I'm yep. able to do that with a child. I should be able to do that with a guide dog. Right. And you're right. A guide dog is an added expense and it is a necessity in your life. You know? Yes. So wow. um, something like that I would fight for. Um, well, but I don't want, I don't want stuff just. Watching you, maybe you'll take that up. You know? Well, I, I don't want to be, you know, the only yeah. thing I have a problem with NFB is sometimes I think they want everything given to them for free. And I don't think everything should be given to you for free. Yeah. I, I, I think you should be, have to go out and earn stuff mm-hmm. because if you act, go out and earn stuff, then you'll you take care of it better. You appreciate it more when you earned it and you got it on your hard work. And sometimes I believe the NFB overreaches on some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like they're trying to get the, uh, uh, technology, uh, uh, cheaper for us, okay? 
Well, not everybody needs to have an Apple phone. Not everybody needs the IBM computer or, or a notebook. You should have, yes, you should be able to have that technology, but you don't have to have the Cadillac of the technologies. Right. So well, everybody. You know, I, I think, I think if both we have counselors were to make better decisions about the equipment they choose to buy for their clients, you know, cause you're right. They don't have to have an expensive iPhone. There are cheaper products that they can have. Yeah. I mean, look how much they charge your state for, uh, uh, what's that thing they got on the computer that helps you talk? Um, Jaws. Jaws. They charge $1,500 for that to the state. Um, and the state pays for that. But I go to the NFB convention and I pay $69.95. But wait, if you buy now, you get this for free. So why do they charge the state $1,500? But I go to the convention, I can get it for 75 bucks. That's ridiculous. Well, that's called markup. And that's called like, I mean, we have the same problem in our government and in our, like our healthcare system and stuff. They mark up the prices of everything. That's how everybody. Well, I call that fraud. I mean, if it's 75 bucks in July the 8th and down here at the Orlando convention, then it should be 70. I'll pay maybe a hundred bucks later on, but 1500. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you would think that Volk Rehab would buy like bulk licenses. Bulk, yes. Buy them in bulk so they get them way cheap and then they can give them to their clients because they know they're going to have clients coming up the pipe that are going to need them. Well, I think the client should have to pay for some of it. That's all I can say. They not everything should be given free. If it's a fifteen hundred dollar bill, I think the client should have to pay for at least half of it. I don't think the client should have to pay cash for it, but I think the client should have to participate at a certain level in his or her training to show an intense desire to do well and learn a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Alexa, stop. See, they're listening to you. <laughs> no, I said that's our reminder to take a commercial break. So here, when we're done talking about this in a minute, moment, we'll take our commercial break. All right, but uh, we'll see. I, I just, I just don't think people should get everything given to them for free. I really don't believe that because it's really not free. When you're given something by your government, like these checks that want are coming out, six hundred dollars a person. We are killing ourselves. This is debt that we can't. Our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, will have to pay off. We are stealing from our kids' future. And if you if if you guys think what we've been through in the last year is hard, by doing all this, we're just piling debt, like Tim is saying, on our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, future Americans. And and the dollar at the end of this year is going to be it's going to cost more to buy less. Our dollar is going to collapse eventually, and we're going to be like Venezuela where a loaf of bread costs two to $3,000. It's cheaper to burn the cash in your house than it is to turn your electricity on to heat your home. And eventually that's going to happen here because we just keep printing and printing and printing. Gold and silver, ladies and gentlemen, gold and silver. That's what I'm telling everybody. So and when's our, when's our commercial break? Um, we'll take our commercial break right now. Um, Gino, can you play our commercial? Well, hey guys, I've got a quick minute. I wanted to share with you the great news that you can now get my first book, Because You're Blind, in hardcover, paperback, and on Audible. See the links below. This is the story of what it was like waking up blind at the age of 12 and then 
several years later being stripped of my constitutional rights by my parents. And it's the story of how I had to fight to get my constitutional rights back. It's a very powerful story and I encourage you to listen to it. And the first 50 people who email me will get a free download of the Audible version. And all you have to do is go on and write a review on Amazon for me. Thank you very much. And now back to the blind view. And we're back. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for playing the commercial, Gino. Um, Tim, what would you like to talk about next? Uh, well, I watched the uh, NFB meeting last week, I believe it was. The El Presidente of NFB, Rocco well, Bono. The Rocco Bono speech. Was it he, his they, monthly address? Yeah, he was talking about sexual misconduct within the NFB. What was that? Is there a problem with it? I have not been following. I believe that there are, I know, I don't want to scare anybody, but there have been incidences when people go to the conventions where uh, blind women have been raped or taken advantage of. And uh, the NFB hasn't really addressed that, but now they're going to start uh, addressing that. And uh, they're going to start uh, trying to or getting involved with an organization for women who are been attacked or sexually assaulted uh, to call them and get some, you know, counseling and stuff like that. So I, 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 I'm wondering, though, who is raping these blind women at the conventions? Is it other convention attendees? Or it, 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 it's, uh, I've seen where black boys will try to take care, take advantage of, of girls while they're there. I've Did seen you it. Say blind? Did you say blind? Yes, visually impaired men will try to take advantage of visually impaired girls okay. who are younger, uh -huh. uh, less, you know, they're more believing of other guys. I mean, I've seen a girl, at, uh, her hand be put down the boy's pants. Oh. And and set, and don't you you know getting really filthy with oh, it? Oh, so somebody else stuck her hand down. Yeah, he grabbed her hand and shoved it down his pants, and oh. I grabbed him, and we had a discussion. Right, I about made pound sound pound sand out of him. Uh -huh. But uh, it's just everybody needs to go to the convention, but you need to be aware of your of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. When you go to a party that's full of people that's drinking and, and having a hooting time, there's a chance that something like that can happen. So you need to be aware. I'm not going to say it's going to always happen, but I've never been in a situation where I've taken advantage of anybody. So, yeah, at the, at the blind conventions, the thing is, if you go into a room where there's a party and there's lots of other blind people, and there's music and stuff, and of course, everybody in the room is at least visually impaired or totally blind. But yeah, a lot can happen with no witnesses. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a, a blind girl trying to to describe her attacker, mm -hmm. and that's why a lot of blind women are victims of sexual mm -hmm. abuse. And it's it's wrong. It shouldn't be in a, in our community, but it is. Um. So. Like I said, I'm not trying to scare anybody for going to the NFB convention. It's a great, it's a great experience, but don't go into a room alone with a with a yeah. 
with so somebody you don't know or don't trust. Like I've only been, I've only gone to a couple of parties in hotel rooms. I've gone to conventions. Usually, I just do the group activities, right? Yeah. Like the stuff that's scheduled by the convention, right? Um, or just with friends that I know from before I went to the convention. Like I'll hang out with them in my room and stuff, or I'll go to their room and hang out. But I usually don't go to those parties where there's a whole bunch of people that I barely know. I mean, I've got a Facebook group that. We do do a, you know three or four parties during the week, but we know we all know each other, and do some of us end up having sex with each other? Yes, we do. But that's an un, you know that's something that's been going on for we've known each other for a year or whatever. We've been talking on the phone or whatever, so we know each other. But uh, but people that just don't know each other and going off into a party that hey, I heard there's a party in room two hundred two. Let's go. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. So like I said, you need to take care of yourself, be aware of your surroundings, and don't get yourself in any situation that's uncomfortable. Don't go in any room you don't know the person. And just because you're surrounded by blind people doesn't mean you can trust them. One of them is a date, rape, drug, just as easily as it can happen to sighted people. Yep, it does. Um, I know a girl that went to the, the last Orlando convention and they gave her something to smoke and she called me on the phone. She didn't know where she was. She don't know what happened. She passed out. And I'm not saying anything happened to her while she was out, but I went and found her and I got her to her room and we had a long discussion about that. And you just can't trust people because not all of them, I would say a good, maybe 1% out of the 99% there you got to watch for those 1% mm-hmm. because, you know, blind people, there are people in the blind community who are not mentally all there. So they're sick. Mm-hmm. But like I said, don't be afraid of the NFP convention. Just don't go into a room alone with somebody you don't know. Yep. Now, if you knew them before the convention and you guys going, hey, we're going to have our own little party. That's fine. That's prearranged. You guys know each other. That's and, fine. And, like, and like if they're a member of your um, your chapter or your affiliate, which is yeah. normally why you would know them before the convention. I mean, yeah, people, people are you know, they, 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 they said the NFB convention is nothing but a screw fest. That's right. That people go there and they do have parties. They do, you know, do what adults do. But I would not do it unless somebody's willing and wanting to do it. Don't force yourself on somebody. That's to me, you need to be castrated because that's just not a good thing. But he talked about that last week. And then he also said that if there will be a convention this year, we'll know by March the 1st. And uh, I don't think we'll really have one. The chances are very rare and few. They'll do another virtual one. Uh, mm-hmm. To them, it was a success. To me, it was not. I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I might do the NAGDU. One that's for the National Association for Guide Dog uh, Users. But other than that, I won't do anything. I like being at the convention. Uh, I like being around 3,000 blind people, having a good time, learning stuff that that will help me out somewhere in my life. But other than that, I don't want to sit on my phone for eight hours a day for a week. Yeah, Uh, I I wonder if they could start doing like maybe – twice a year they do a semi-annual convention so it's smaller and like they do one on the east coast 
And then six months later, they do one on the West Coast. So it also makes sense. Well, that would make sense because people on the West Coast, you know, some of the meetings start at six in the morning, their time. And that's yeah, early. So, like if you start doing the convention smaller, break them in half. So, do two conventions a year. And, like I said, maybe people from the East Coast go to the one and people from the West Coast go to the other. They just have it wherever. Well, maybe you need to make that suggestion with the NFA. That sounds like that's a good thing. Uh, right now, I'm sure somebody watching this is a member of the NFA and can get that up to the Mark Rickabone's ears. Um, or I do have Mark Rickabone's phone number. Maybe I'll call him. But. That's a, that's a smart idea, Rebecca. You need to probably contact them and stuff. They can call it the Rebecca session. Well, don't you think? I mean, it makes sense because. Yeah, it um, makes sense. Like I said. It's spread out. I mean. If somebody want, on the East Coast wants to join the West Coast, they can. But 6 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast every day is pretty dang gum early. Now, are so, you talking about just virtually or are you talking about. Virtually. I'm talking about in-person conventions. You're talking about in-person? I don't yeah, think those. Not, I don't think they'll split. I don't think they will split that. Well, because they could do in-person conventions a lot easier if the crowd was smaller. And that's why I'm saying if they do two, two live conventions a year instead of one a year, then people like half of the country can go to one and the other half of the country can go to the other one. And so the crowds will be a lot less. Well, that'd be a lot less, but then you got to understand they've got to meet a certain criteria to get that break from the hotel. So they have to have a certain amount of rooms well, booked. I think everybody realizes that we're going to be talking about smaller crowds for the next few years while we're getting the virus under control. Yeah, it's going to be smaller crowds. Well, I, I imagine I it's going to start off really better small. better than no crowd at a hotel when you're the owner of the hotel, right? I say about 40% is going to be there next so, year. So they, 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 of course, would only need like half the staffing at the hotel, too. So they wouldn't they would cut costs that way, too. So... Well, we'll see. I, I don't think they'll be in full throat with the uh, people next year. Two years from now, they might, but not still, because not everybody's going to go out and get that, that shot. So uh, we'll see. Uh, for that for that shot, the virus to be no longer like it is, we have to have at least 70% of the population immune to it. So it's going to be a while before we're there. And not everybody can get that shot. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to my next NFB convention, either it's this year or next year. This year is supposed to be in New Orleans. Next year is supposed to be in Houston. Uh, so Glacier's not looking forward to it because it's going to be hot either way. You said this year they're going to do it in New Orleans? If they do this it? year is supposed to be in New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. I would love to go. So hopefully- I would like to go down there and get some real, some New Orleans uh Jambalaya and some yeah. Creole. Oh man, I was gonna go down there on Bourbon Street and go to the bars and live it up a little bit. And uh, I would love to go down there. That would be so awesome. Go down there to Canal Street and mm-hmm. and uh, but we'll see. I just don't think it's gonna happen this year. Well, but we'll know in about forty-five days. You know, I bet when they do have another convention, it's probably gonna be packed. Because everybody who hasn't been able to go this last year because it was canceled and probably this year says it will probably be canceled this year. Also, I bet everybody's going to It's going to be packed and everybody's going to be, uh, it's been a while since something's happened to them. So they're going to be trying to catch <laughs> up. Because <laughs> a lot of people that year, they go, they go to the convention and seminars, but there's a nightlife and people do other things at nighttime. So they're going to be trying to catch up. Kim, have you ever been to 
a state NFB convention? No, I, I really don't want to waste my time or money going to one. Uh, I, I love the national convention because I treat that as a vacation for me and Glacier. So it's just me and Glacier. And uh, I get my own room and whatever goes on that week goes on that week. And uh, I enjoy having my own room and I just don't want to do anything with my state affiliate. Right. Well, because state conventions, I've, I've been to, let's see, the Montana State Convention several times. I think I went to the Minnesota State Convention when I lived there. I've been to the Arizona State Convention. I've been to some other state conventions also. And state conventions are good as well because it's a good way to meet new people that you don't know. And, like, if you go to the Georgia State Convention, you'll meet people you don't know. Well, I might, I might do it this fall because, I don't, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a, a, a national convention. Right. But uh, I don't know. I don't, we didn't have a state convention last year. Last year was, uh, it right, was because, virtual. So, but may, maybe, maybe some of the states will, will do their state conventions. Because like Montana, like the population of the blind community in Montana is so small, they know how many people are going to show up at the state convention, right? Well, I think Pennsylvania I, Pennsylvania had their state convention last year to, in live, and that was in the fall. So I believe you can still do the state convention because right. it's maybe yeah, 300 people show up, and that's about it. That's what I'm saying. I, I think a lot of the states may be able to do their state conventions this year. And, like, you don't have to be a member of a state convention to go to that state's convention. When I was in Montana, I used to go to other states to their NFB conventions just to get away from Montana, right? So I went to the Missouri State Convention, the Idaho State Convention. Um, I went to the California State Convention. I've been to other state conventions where you just fly there simply to go to the NFB convention. And you meet other blind people. It's just like the big national one on a smaller level smaller scale and because they're smaller i think they might be able to do some of those this year and still do the social distancing and stuff we'll see because usually they're done in the fall time and this fall there'll be i think there'll be more of hope and and there'll be i think they said by march here in the state of georgia uh, everybody can start getting the shot if you want the shot so once they start getting that into everybody if you want it or not I'm not telling you to go out and get that shot. It's your preference if you want it or not. I'm not condoning it, nor am I telling you not to. Uh, but I think once there's people are getting shots and everything, I think there's a good chance this fall that the state conventions will happen. But I just don't think the NFB national, there's enough time for it to happen. And they have to, they, people got to start planning March in March, you know, your plane ticket and stuff right. like that. And you, a lot of tickets are non-refundable. And so I just don't believe there's going to be a, a national convention right. this year. And, and I agree with you on all that, Tim. So ladies and gentlemen, if you since there probably won't be a national convention again this year, I strongly encourage you to consider going to your state's convention and supporting your state affiliate. And no. meeting people, because it's a great experience. It's just as good as the national on a smaller scale. So. I think if, if, if there's not a virtual uh, state convention this year, if it's an actual convention, I might go to it because there's not going to be a national one. Yeah. I probably will be elected in NFB office next year in my chapter. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be running for vice president of my chapter. So. Good for and, you, Tim. And I'll be a shoe-in, I've been told. So uh, 
Yeah, but Kim, just keep in mind that I've heard there's a lot of red tape in the NFB, and it's like if you go in there with the intention of actually getting stuff done, you probably will just wind up frustrated. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'll resign if that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, my 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 president wants me to run for vice president. So, uh, who is your president? Uh, her name is Joanne Collins. Oh, cool. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Tim, you definitely are a mover and a shaker. You get stuff done. You don't sit around whining and complaining. So. No, I'm not like my dog right now. She's laying over there on her on her couch sleeping like mm-hmm. she usually is. So, um, I like the NFB, but then there's some things with the NFB I don't like. Um, but I just, you know, stick with what I do like. I think it's a good organization, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish we would take some ACB and NFB and kind of mix it back together again. Uh-huh. And uh, it just, I don't like a a Nazi, I don't want to say Nazi, but I don't like an authoritative, you need to do it this way or else, you know. Yeah, this way is the only way to do it. This is the only way. And I don't don't believe that. I think there's different ways of doing something to come out with the same results. Yeah, so so uh, that militant militant attitude of the NFBs is what I've been talking about. Yeah, I don't like that part of it. That's one thing I don't like about the NFB, the militant. You have to do it this way because we know best. Well, they they might know what they're talking about, but they don't know best. Because I know what's best for me. You don't. So I need to do it the way that I know how to do it, that I know it's going to work, not the way you think it's going to work. Yeah. And that's what I believe in. And I believe that should be for everybody. Yeah. So So you're you're are you thinking about running for VP of your chapter then, Tim? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. So we'll I got about uh, five weeks to think about it, and then uh-huh. she's going to put me up for nomination, and then then we'll go from there. Okay, good for you, Tim. So uh, I hope I don't want to become president, though. I don't want to be a president. That's too much responsibility. I don't even have a computer, so I don't want to be that. So you said you don't have a computer. I don't own a computer. My phone is my computer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I type with one finger. That's it. Uh huh. So I was horrible with my computer. Well, who said you have to be a good typist to be an NFB president? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get back on the computer. It's not good for my neck. I've you know I got spinal mm-hmm. stenosis in my neck, and me being on a computer sitting there for hours is not good for me. So, mm-hmm. ever since I got rid of my computer, uh, I don't want that strain on my neck anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I know I'm learning that using proper body mechanics is something I need to work on because I spend so much time in front of my computer. And if I don't pay attention to my posture and what I'm doing with my neck and shoulders and back and even my hips while I'm standing there working on my book, I can wind up in really bad pain. Yeah. So I I don't need that because that pain I went through last year, I had two shots in my neck last year and those aren't fun. I've never had those. I've refused them when they tried to give me those. Oh, I had to have them, Becca, because the pain that was going down my uh, left arm, down to my fingertips, and then the back spasms I was having because that nerve was pinched in my neck, it was awful. I was on narcotics for months. But what happened to cause you to get a pinched nerve in your neck? Were you in a car accident? Well, see, I believe in 2019, uh, on Christmas Day, I was hospitalized. I really believe I had COVID-19 before because I was never that sick before. 
I had a temperature of 103.5. Mm-hmm. They rushed me into the hospital. They said I was, was septic or septus or whatever it is. I don't know what the term is. Uh-huh. And immediately they had one IV in one arm and one IV in the other arm. Uh-huh. And so it took them a good 24 hours to get my fever broken. So I was in the hospital for a couple of days. And so I had a horrible cough. And uh, about three weeks later, I coughed one night while I was in my bed and my neck popped. And so then this jagged piece of whatever that's in my neck started pinching my nerve. Oh. And it was just constant pain. The only way I could go to sleep, I had to go to my couch and sit up with a pillow and I had to sleep sitting up. So eventually I had an MRI done and they, they saw what the problem was. So I have spinal stenosis it's where your, your, your spinal cord, it goes up your uh, spine. The, the calcium is built up and it's pinching that nerve. Okay. So the only way to fix it, they had to go in there and surgically remove a disc and fuse the disc together. Well, so they said, well, we to get alleviate your pain. We're going to give you a shot in your neck. Uh-huh. I said, okay. So they put that needle in. It didn't work. Oh, and so then a month, then a month later, they said, well, we can try it one more time. And they gave me the shot and it finally eased that nerve. It, that, that nerve wasn't pissed off anymore. I still tweak it once in a blue moon. I have to be careful. If I move my arm a certain way, my arm will start curling up by itself. It's hard to explain, but that muscle, that, that nerve still kind of pinched. So if I move my arm a certain way, it'll start clubbing up. It's pretty nasty when it does that. And Is it's trying per- yoga or physical therapy. Um, my insurance, I'm on Medicare. Uh-huh. Since they fixed it, I'm no longer in any pain. They don't want me to go to physical therapy until it comes back. So um, I will probably keep on getting shots in my neck for a while uh, well, when it comes back. Have you? Do you have any experience with yoga, Kim? Uh, just Yogi Bear. So, I recommend you go on YouTube and look up some yoga videos and mm-hmm. try to do some yoga stretches because you could right now be doing stuff with your body to try to prevent it from happening again instead of waiting for it to happen again and then they try to fix it, you know? Well, I was going to see a chi- I was seeing a chiropractor there for a while. But because of COVID-19, he's out of business for a while. So, uh, oh. they were lining me up and it was helping. So, Hopefully, when this COVID-19 bullcrap goes away, I can start going back to the chiropractor twice a month. And uh, he can keep my neck and everything lined up and straight and stuff. So, uh, there's just like everybody else, COVID-19 is not only affecting with COVID-19, but it's affecting everybody else's health on the other arrangements. Everybody else has got something going on, like cancer and all that stuff. So. I do everything in my power to avoid going to a chiropractor. I have a tear hangups that I use to try to keep my strength, my spine straight. Oh, you got one of those things that you you hang it upside down on? Yeah, I got it last summer. Well, about the time I, I think it was a few months, well, maybe just a few weeks after I opened my company, honestly. Um, might have even been the month I opened my company last year. I got my tear hangup, but I did a video about it on my channel. Yeah, I love my teeter. Like, uh, I have arthritis in my neck. And I have, like, I broke my tailbone a few years ago, so my hips are all... Busted. I remember that when you broke your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I, my book too. I, wrote, I busted my ass. Yeah, I remember when you broke your ass. Mm-hmm. I was watching a YouTube video a couple months ago. Somebody had sex while they were on that thing. 
I don't know how they did it, but they did it. On the teeter hang-up? Yes. So I, I saw my life coach yesterday for massage therapy, and he was telling me that I should be able to set my teeter hang-up so I can get on it myself and, um, what's the word, flip myself upside down, you know, and then mm-hmm. put myself back right all by myself. There's a way you can do it. I'm gonna yeah, you just, you just, you, know, you, just, you shift your weight on your legs and stuff. Yeah, yeah so... But right now, I always have Amber help me do it. But I'd like to be able to do it on my own. So we'll just have to look at it and figure out how to do it. Yeah, you just shift your weight and you go back right down. Uh, just got to learn how to do it. I love my teeter hanging. Oh, my gosh. Now, I, I think I'm hanging there for like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. Because the longer I hang there, the more deep breaths I take, I feel my shoulders and my upper back relaxing and it straightens out my spine and it feels so good you almost got me talked into it oh yeah well and it feels good like so it starts feeling good in my neck and back and then it like it feels good in my hips too what i'm realizing is i i've been i'm at the point now where i relax everything even my feet and then i'm hanging there and it hurts my ankles because i'm so relaxed right so then i have to get up yeah but it's so good because, like I said, I can hang there for almost two minutes. And while I'm hanging there, it's so good for my spine. Just don't drink any hot coffee while you're doing it. Really? You mean while I'm hanging upside down? <laughs> or <laughs> With a cup. You don't want to do that upside down. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can drink anything while you're on the computer hanging. And I suggest go to the restroom before you go upside down, too. Oh, I, yeah, I usually do. So when I'm hanging upside down, like... My sister's dog, Duke, he likes to come over and give me kisses while I'm hanging there upside down. Mm, well. <sighs> so what are you looking forward to this summer, Rebecca, when the summer gets here? Are you going on any trips or anything? I'm looking forward to going out in the backyard and hanging out on my grass. I'm looking forward On to your grass, me. yes. Go out there naked and just lay on your grass naked, aren't you? Uh-huh. I see. I knew do it. Yeah, I could lay out there naked. No, I probably couldn't actually. Not really. Anyway, the neighbors will complain. So I'm <laughs> both sides of me. I really couldn't lay out there naked during the day. It's not right. You can during the nighttime, though, can't you? Oh, I, oh, I'm sure I could. Yeah. I could also go skinny dipping at night in my pool, which I've. There done. you go. There you go. I did that when I had a pool. Mm-hmm. I had a pool. I got rid of it. Why? It's a lot of work for a blind person to try to keep up with. I, I was the pool boy. So was it at the house you're at right now or was that a previous Yes, place? it's at the house. It was a uh, five foot deep. Oh, was it an above ground pool? It was above ground. Oh, yeah. Those and are a lot I of took care of it and did all the chemical crap in it and yeah. kept it clean. And that's a lot of work for somebody who's physically... You know, yep. visually impaired. Yep. And I after know. three or four years, I said, enough of this. And I sold it. I have a, I have a couple of, um, they're actually gay men that do my yard and pool. One of them, he does the landscaping. And the other one, he does my pool and jacuzzi. There you go. They come every Wednesday. Well, they should be coming today then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you remember, that's why when we were taping the show on Wednesday morning, sometimes we had to adjust it because mm-hmm. they'd be outside. Making all that kind of racket. Uh-huh. 
I, I don't miss having a pool. I would rather have a hot tub. Oh. But, uh, at yeah, my but age, I'd rather have a hot tub. Yeah, I have a bullfrog spot at my hot tub up in Missoula, which I don't think is really feasible to get down here. So at some point, I plan on buying a bullfrog spot for my house here. There you go. And so what I have up in Montana is a six-person actual hot tub. It gets like 106, 109 degrees. Oh, that would feel good. But it's just sitting empty up there because Randy, my husband, can't use it because he has a bad heart. There's nothing better than sitting in a hot tub drinking alcohol with five naked women. I mean, five other people. And um... <laughs> oh, you can. So, Tim, if you were able to get access to my six person hot tub for a weekend or whatever, where are you going to find five women to be in the hot tub with you? I don't know. I would advertise. You'd advertise? <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh... It's like when I went to Orlando a couple of years ago, my shower, it was huge. I could put eight women in there. I got two in there, but I didn't get eight. <laughs> it was me and two other women in there. And it was, yeah, I couldn't believe I got, but yeah, I could put, I put two in there. I almost, I tried to get six in there, but I couldn't find six other volunteers. You couldn't find four other volunteers, you mean? No, I wanted some more volunteers because I could put eight more, six more women in there, but I only got, was able to get two in there. Mm. <laughs> so, Tim, you're going to make people want to go to the NFB convention with everything you've been talking about in today's episode. Well, I think everybody should go. You'll have a good time. You will learn a lot about the NFB. You'll learn, about, you'll learn about, a lot about yourself. You'll learn about a lot about what yourself, what you're capable of doing and what you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you're not able to do something, then you can learn how to do it. And, you, and it's, you'll make a lot of great contacts and make a lot of great friends at the convention, too. Yeah. And if, it, if you go to a convention, go to the exhibit hall and check it out. Exhibit hall is cool. I go I go each day. I go because I always miss something. So I even go back the second day and find out other stuff that, that I may have missed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll probably be there working for Leader Dog next year or whenever it's coming. So... You can come by and come to Leader Dog booth, and I'll probably be there. Mm-hmm. Well, and Blue Butterfly Enterprises will be going to the next NFB next National well, Convention, whatever that's going to be. So, well, will Gino be there? Oh, Gino will be there. Yeah. All yeah. right, we get to see the man behind the camera. Visually impaired person interviews, um, and well, do long form interview videos with people and anybody that has something significant they want to share. Before the convention, whenever it gets scheduled, we'll be putting out like a, a notification to contact us. You know, because well, uh, well, last year we were getting people lined up who we were scheduling them. So, well, uh, Glacier just told me she wants Gino to interview her, so he well, gets to interview my guy. Dog. She'll probably tell you how disgusting it is to take me into the bathroom. <laughs> Doesn't Glacier <laughs> like her? Job? What was that? Doesn't Glacier like her job? Well, she likes her job, but I'm sure she doesn't like that moment when I say, okay, Glacier, I got to go to the bathroom. And we go in there. It was kind of embarrassing the first time I did it in front of the dog. Uh, and because, uh, I mean, she she, she sees everything. She sees oh. everything. And so, my gosh, she's got to be in there with me. Here's all the noises and the smells and everything. <laughs> you got to feel sorry for the dog. And I look at her and say, listen, I tell her I have to pick up your shit every day. You can at least be in here with me when I got to take a shit. We both shit together. 
So whenever she's got shit, I got to pick it up. And then when I got to take a shit, she's got to be there with me. So it's a give and give uh, yep. relationship we have. That makes sense. But um, I, it's 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 embarrassing when you got to take your guide dog into the bathroom. Why is that embarrassing? Well, it is because you're when you're first time you do it because, you know, so you're like you saying. Your, you take your, well. I, so At the I, house, she doesn't go with me. She'll break down yeah, the door, see what the hell I'm doing. Out in public, she goes with me, but at home she'll break down the door. She wants to come in there, and I told, I don't even want to be in here, and you want in here, you're crazy. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, that's a little too much more at the house. But uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't give anything. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me lately. So, um, I'm looking forward to eventually traveling with her. And us doing speeches and stuff for Leader Dog for the Blind. And uh, I'm looking forward to that and, you know, taking our little trips together. That's wonderful, Tim. Tim, do you want to talk about what your life was like before you got her to help our viewers understand how significant of an impact she's made on your life? Well, when I first started getting into the blind community about four or five years ago, I didn't want to pick up a cane. And so... uh, I I didn't didn't want one and I didn't have one. So I had to rely when my vision was bad, getting bad to hanging on to somebody else. But then I decided I wanted to go to the NFB convention. So I joined the NFB here in my local chapter and I said, Well, they said, Well, you can get a cane. So I got the cane, which I didn't like. I don't like the straight up cane. I like the folding cane. But you know, it was something. And so I said, well, then if I'm going to the NFP convention, I need to learn how to use this thing. So I really didn't want to use it. I still didn't. I still fought and fought and fought using it because a cane is more to me. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but you stand out more in public with the cane. And uh, more so than a dog, you think? Yeah, I, a dog is more. Uh, every, oh, look at the dog. You know, it's more of the optics. People Instead are, of them being like, oh, my God, you're blind. They're like, oh, look at the cute dog. Yeah, that's the way it was. When they see me with the cane, they would run away from me at the at Walmart because they thought either I was going to run into them or they were going to run into me. They were scared to death of me. And I and I can see this in the reaction that I, I was seeing. And so um, I went to the convention first year, and I used my cane good enough to get around. Um I helped some blind people get around because, you know, I got some vision. And so I was helping lead people around, getting them from point A to point B. And then I ran into leader dog while I was there. And I told him, you know, I had no, no uh, cane skills at all. Well, they're, they're the only organization out there in America that does O&M training. And so then I signed up for that and they flew me up there, paid for my trip. They paid for everything. I was there for a week for O&M training. And uh, I learned how to use a cane properly. Mm-hmm. I walked in the dark for the first time in my life by myself. Mm-hmm. I walked eight city blocks with a cane. Mm-hmm. That was very emotional that night when that happened. And then, well, I decided the, the next day that they said, would you like to try a guide dog? And I said, yeah, I'll try it out. And once I got a hold of their dog, I wanted, I wanted one. And because there's a difference between a cane and a dog. What is the difference? Per, what do you see the main differences? I think 
with a guide dog, with a cane, you go and you hit more obstacles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a guide dog just gets you, works you around it where you don't even know it's there. A cane, you're going to hit that, that pole and you got to figure out what it is and work your way around it. Where a dog is just going, oh, I see there's a pole in five feet. I'll just go to the right. And it goes around the pole. So to me, it's just a little bit more. Now with a now with a cane, you can feel what's coming up. With a guide dog, you don't. But there's enough clearance between you and the dog that if there's something in the, going to be there, the dog will stop and give you plenty of time where you don't fall down those steps. It will show you, hey, there's some steps right here because she'll stop. See, and then, that, that that see my my own instructor when I was at Savvy. In order to help me understand what it was like having a guide dog, he put a guide dog harness on the back of his sweatshirt. Yeah. And then around so I could hold. He took my cane and had me hold on to the guide dog harness. And it was very scary for me not being able to see what was right in front of my feet because I didn't have my cane. And so, did you find it was hard to transfer? You know, your trust because well, like I really don't try to see because my my vision isn't really dependable, right? So did you find that it was hard transferring your trust from the tip of your cane to the dog? Just, I mean, it, was it, it took it. You know, like, you were a pothole I was trained for three weeks with Glacier. Okay. And I'm thinking when I first get there, how is this dog? How am I going to know when the dog's trying to make me go right or left? Yeah. And then by the second day, you're going, you're doing it. You're, you're becoming one with the dog. And you can feel it pushing you to the right. And if it wasn't for Glacier, when we got back home, we were going, we were walking to the grocery store and we were walking through the parking lot. Well, this, the parking lot, uh, there's a big pothole. I mean, it's a big one and deep. It's probably about eight, 10 inches deep. It's, she literally stopped. And if I wouldn't have been there, I would have fell in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is, she's protecting me from falls. Uh, going down some steps that uh, I didn't know existed at the time. Does she also protect you from stuff overhead? Because, you know, I've been using my cane for many years, but there have been a few times where I hit my head on stuff because my cane, of course, she, she has been trained to do things overhead. Now, is she 100% perfect? No, she's not. But she does prevent me from running into branches and stuff. And, and like yield signs and Yep. yep. She'll, she'll work me now. See, that's why I walk her every once a week downtown because we keep her trained up. Now, if you, if you get a guide dog and you sit at home for four or five or six weeks and you don't do nothing with that. It'll lose its training. Kim, are you there? Kim? Hello? Hello? Oh, shoot. Over on my iPad tipped over. I was trying to figure out what happened. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. What happened? Is Tim with us? Uh, no, Tim just left, so let me, uh, I guess, let me end the show here. Hold on a second. Well, do I? Let me sign off. Can you see me? Mm hmm. So are we still live? Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, here's Tim. Hold on. Here's Tim.
I, I something happened to my phone. Sorry about that. But uh, sorry about that. Okay, Tim. But uh, Glacier has done a lot of things for me. She's mm-hmm. softened the blow for me with my disability. Um, it makes it more to me. Now, it's not for everybody. A dog's not for everybody. I understand that. But to me, she just makes my impairment more tolerable. I feel like a human being with her. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying being with a cane's not a human being, but I feel more normal with a guide dog because in public, I'm more accepted. People used to run away from me when I was at Walmart. Now people come to me and ask questions. That's wonderful, Tim. And now I feel like the community has accepted me with my disability. And I just feel like I belong now in my community. And in, because I was in a depression before Glacier came into my life. I went to dark places that I wish I never went to. And part of that's my fault. But do I have depression a little bit? Yes, I still do get depressed sometimes with my disability, but it's not as bad as it used to be because I know I can go out now, get him a lift ride, go to my doctor by myself. I can go to a restaurant by myself. I can do anything I want now because of Glacier. Because Glacier is my secret. I can go and I've never, I used to have to hang on to somebody just to go to a freaking restaurant. I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And just those little things. Like when I went to an Outback Steakhouse Sunday, they, they say, here's your table. Let's go. And all I did was say, Glacier follow. And we're following. She's weaving me through traffic and weaving me through chairs and tables. And boom, we're at our table. Before mm-hmm. I had to hang on to somebody. And I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. If, that. if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But to me, I want my independence. To me, it's very important to be independent as much as possible. I know I have to rely on people sometimes, but I want to be independent at least 95% of my day. Tim, you're and absolutely right. And I know I know. today I can go to the airport by myself. I can get through that airport, get on a plane, and go to Detroit, Chicago, Texas. Do I still have to have some assistance? Yes. But... I'm no longer totally dependent on somebody. And that's why I'm going to travel as much as I can by myself because I got that confidence and independence in my in, independence in my life. And that means a lot to me. That's on that's awesome, Tim. I fell in love with traveling the same way. There was a time when I traveled all the time when I was with my husband. I couldn't like I hated being in Missoula. I always wanted to be gone doing something. And so there were, like I said, back then was when I was going to NFB conventions I'd never been to before. I met a lot of cool people at those conventions. Well, I, I, I just can't wait to travel with Glacier at the NFB convention. I just cannot wait to get my life that I want back. And I, I don't want to sound selfish, but once I get to go back, everybody else gets to go back. So I want everybody to get back to normal and Let's go back to the conventions and we get to pick up where we were at and we get to explore together and we get to do things together and we get to have fun again. So Tim, Life hasn't been fun for anybody for the past 10 months. So Tim, in, 
in the next three to six months, if they say, yo, everybody take this vaccine and then everybody can go back and do whatever they want to their normal lives, will you just run and get the vaccine? I mean, that's basically what they're saying right now. Well, as long as there's nothing in there that's tracking me, I'll get the, you know, they can, you know, uh, Microsoft wants to give out a shot that's got a chip in it. Mm-hmm. I do not want anything in my body that's not supposed to be there. Because they're going to give you a health health um, evaluation passport. A passport? Okay. A health passport that you go to, a, you can go into the airport or you can go into a hotel and it says, did you get this shot? Yes, I did. Well, here's my, mm-hmm. here's my health passport. Just like you're, you got to have for your guide, for your dog. When you're traveling, it shows that she's had her shots. I don't want a device where it gets put in my arm and they scan me and it says, yes, you've had the shot. I don't want nothing like that. I do not want a foreign object in there. I will not do that. But I will take the vaccine if I have to. Right. But as long as there's nothing in there that's not supposed to be in there. You would think all of the pets in the country have to be vaccinated too because we're all around our pets. And I'm sure they can pass the virus around just like humans can. Um, they've there's been, been some there has been some dogs that come down with COVID nineteen. Yeah. There's um, no way so, I'm forcing that vaccine on my dogs, dude. No, so I'm just it just depends on what kind which shot it is. I'm I don't want nothing with the chip in it. I don't want anything that's gonna track me. Mm-hmm. Because I get that? I get the vaccine every year for the flu. And mm-hmm. I get the flu shot every year. And uh, I've been, you know, when I was a kid, I had the polio shot. I had the measles shot. I had all, so all they're going, it's just a new shot that everybody's going to have to get. How do you know that they didn't already have put a tracking device in the flu shot you got last year? We don't know, but you have to willingly take it. I don't think they're going to have, they're going to have that in, I mean, I don't know, but you don't it's not supposed. It? What was that? Do you mean you don't think they're going to force it on people? The flu shot. The vaccine against the. Well, they, they're they're talking about that. They're talking about the, you know, I believe it should be your choice. But you know, I I don't want to be for it because they're programming everybody with the, the mask. You're being demanded to wear a mask. Well, they're coming to find out that seventy percent of the people who get COVID nineteen have been wearing a mask every day. Mm-hmm. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're still getting the COVID nineteen. I think the mask is just something to. And make everybody feel good. People and make them feel better. Make everybody feel like you're trying, at least trying. And I agree with maybe you should wear a mask, but it may help. But I'm not saying it's 100. Get the virus anyway. Don't be surprised if you get it. You'll still get it. Uh, if you wear a mask and I wear a mask, prevent you from spreading it anyway, because it's supposed to, like, if you sneeze or cough, it's supposed to keep the germs in more. Well, if you're if you're wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask at the same time, the chances of me getting or you getting it from me is very low. But if you're wearing a mask and I don't, my chances go up. Uh-huh. So it's not 100%, but I, I would tell everybody to wear a mask. But I, I don't think you should be told you have to wear a mask. You still should have the individual right to say yes, I will or will not wear a mask. So uh, we'll see. Um, um, so, yeah. I wanted to show you my mask real quick. Is it a Trumper? Is it a Trump? Let me show you. Oh, Lord. Can you see it? Yes. 
my sister my sister got it for me now listen i'm look i'm gonna look for masks like this that i can like get becca's world stamped on and sell to my followers there you go becca's world yeah so like i'll have a blue butterfly like this and i'll like stamp like becca's world or something like down here mm -hmm. you know um i just gotta figure out i think i can sell stuff through my website i'm just not sure how to do it but that's what my plan is eventually is to start selling like blue butterfly masks through my website mm -hmm. and who knows what else so well, and we'll you can already get like my books through my website so maybe you need to get a life 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 uh lifelike poster of becca and put it on your wall <laughs> you can sell those too you know i'm already gonna get a becca bobblehead there you go Becca bobblehead. Everybody needs a Becca bo uh, bo bobblehead. Well, you know, we're, we're already collecting bobbleheads here at, at um, Blue Butterfly Enterprise. We have a huge, huge um, display of them out there. Well, good. Well, I've got to run, Becca, so we oh, need to close the show. Yeah, well, thank you for this. Um, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Blind View. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and like and share this video. Please tune in next time. Everybody have a great day. Peace out. Ciao. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.